This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 110. Oh, Mama Bear is coming out. Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. All right. Well, last week we interviewed Rosie McKinney on what to do if your spouse is addicted to porn. She really did an incredible job at outlining the fact that porn is a billion dollar industry and the effects of it. So uh, before listening to this episode, we do want to encourage if you haven't listened to episode 109 to do that because this is a little bit of a part one, part two thing. So just go back, listen to that first episode 109. And then today on episode 110, what you'll hear is what we can do. Very, 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 very practical tools on how to pour and proof our kids. And like we mentioned last week, we are going to be talking about a little bit of a touchy subject, including sex. And so if there are little ears around that you don't want hearing, or perhaps um, you have your teenagers in the room, and this is the first time you're ever going to be addressing porn, this is not the time to do this. (laughs) You listen to the episode first, and you have an action plan about how to approach these conversations. This is not something that we're going to do for you. This is something that we will give you the tools to be able to have those hard and honest conversations. So even if your teenagers are in the room, uh, perhaps you want to press pause and put your earbuds in to know how to carry on this conversation. Yeah, the fact is the porn industry is wanting to turn our children into addicts. It's wanting to do whatever it can to get our kids addicted while they are young because the industry knows how difficult it is to break and as such, uh, they're able to make more money off of our children if they grow into porn addicted adults. It just makes my stomach hurt, right? The fact that they know how addictive it is because of the chemical things that happen in the brain Mm -hmm. when we are stimulated. And they're not stupid. They want to keep making lots and lots of money. And so they are targeting our kids younger and younger. Previously on episode 24, which we'll link into our show notes, we interviewed Dr. Simon Shea about the question, how to talk to our kids about porn. So on today's episode, we're going to continue our discussion with Rosie McKinney as we discuss the signs uh, that we need to look out for to know if our child is watching porn and how we can support our children if they're struggling with a porn addiction. Now, here's the thing. Rosie mentions a lot of links and a lot of resources on this episode. We have done the work for you by listing all of those links on inbetween.org slash episode 110. So if you're running, if you're out and about, don't worry when she mentions a link or we talk about a resource, it's all going to be there for you at inbetween.org slash episode 110. All right, let's jump into the episode. Well, Rosie, welcome back to the podcast. We just had an amazing discussion about uh, porn and marriage. And if you haven't heard that yet, please go back and listen to it. And I know right now there's going to be people who are like, I can't do it. I just can't because I just going to feel like she's condemning me. And it's definitely not that. It is so infused with hope and grace and useful information. So please be able to 
go back to that. Now, we wanted to have Rosie on again to be talking about porn proofing our kids. And she already gave a little bit of a taste of just the redemption that can happen in a family, even if there is porn already happening in the four walls. And so, Rosie, we just want to thank you for coming back. And also, it just was interesting there uh, in the chapter of your book, Fight for Love, you were comparing porn use in the home to secondhand smoke. So we're, I've never heard that before. Are you able just to unpack a little bit about that? Like, what does that mean? Sure. Um, I just felt that, that there was this blind spot in our, in our um, you know, collective conscious that we're very aware of the dangers of secondhand smoke in our homes. You know, no one really smokes in their homes anymore because they're, you know, everybody knows that it's bad for raising kids in that environment. But there are proven consequences for raising kids in a home where porn is present. There are the sort of direct um, impacts and then there's the indirect impacts. And we know those. And it just it just struck me as curious. Why aren't we talking about those? Why aren't we talking about the, Mm -hmm. you know, the risk of accidental you know the increased risk in accidental exposure to pornography and all those things that comes with that um and there is I think there's a bigger piece there's a shame piece why why we're not talking about it's easy to talk about cigarettes but you know the idea of you know our partners um or our own porn habit affecting our kids it's a really sensitive topic but I think it is one that needs to be talked about because there as you said there is such hope and redemption and freedom possible that even Mm -hmm. if we don't have the strength to tackle it you know tackle the porn in our marriage for ourselves we can certainly channel that mama bear and uh you know put our boundaries in place in order to protect our children and and many wives that is the way that they have um found the courage to start tackling this in their marriage in that um they've said okay, you know, our children have now stumbled upon this. I don't want this for my kids' future. Enough is enough. That's so helpful. Uh, Even just articulating it with that illustration, uh, but also just the direct impacts and the indirect uh, effects of pornography in your home. So for um, all of the parents listening in, I guess the question or the million dollar question is how do we protect our kids from porn, because I mean, I mean, you mentioned that pornography, pornography is a is a billion dollar industry, and and even before we were recording, we were talking about the fact that your book released during COVID, and uh, the the fact that these porn sites were giving away memberships for free. Yeah. So it, it it's so easy to kind of shelter down and be like, oh, I got no internet, right? No devices, mm-hmm. no, and and even for us. Um, we have some basic protection, but we just bought our girls, our two older girls, Chromebooks, their first Chromebooks. Uh, so they have their, I mean, yeah, we have screen time app on our iPads that brings some level of protection, but Chromebooks, I mean, it's just kind of this sense of, yeah. oh, what do we do? Do we do this? Do we not? And so, so yeah, how do we go about protecting our kids from porn? Yeah. And you're right. I, this is such a scary overwhelming topic it's easy to get freaked out because it is you know pornography is ubiquitous it's everywhere Mm -hmm. and even if you manage to completely lock down your house you can't lock down their friends houses and that's why you know the the filtering and the blocking software on its own is not enough but the good news is um, there are so many fabulous resources and organizations and ministries out there who have 
done the hard work for you. They have literally come up with the conversations that you need to have, the resources that you can show them. So um, I'm really hoping that this episode, we can just signpost parents to lots and lots of helpful avenues because we're not going to be able to cover everything um, in this episode, but hopefully we can signpost them to all those places. So how do we protect our kids? I'd say there are four steps. One of them is, as you said, have you already mentioned, is the external filters. You know, that's sort of the straightforward one. It makes sense. We stop the porn from coming into the house, you know, either filtering it, blocking it, or we put accountability software so we know actually what they're doing. And we can talk about um, in a moment, if you like, about, you know, what are the best controls? So we've got external blocking. Then we've got um, creating an internal filter because, you know, what, 98% of kids, by the time they've got to 18, they've seen this stuff. You know, right. what's the um, average rate of exposure these days? You know, studies vary, but they're saying anywhere between 8 and 11, you know, which is just, mm. just mind-blowing to me, but there we are. Yeah. Um, so in creating an internal filter, equipping them with the knowledge of what to do when they see this material. First of all, what it is, um, and then what they can do with it. So. Um, a couple of organizations that I want to signpost you to straight away. We have um, a great podcast called Media Savvy Moms. This is fantastic. This is all they do is um, help us mm. deal with technological issues and our children. Okay. And they really go into, into extraordinary depth. And they've also got a website, parentsaware.com, where you can download lots of helpful conversational starters um, that will help you develop those open, open channels of communication, which are critical, which are critical. You need to create an atmosphere in the home whereby when your child is exposed to this stuff, that they come to you and say, you know, that thing we were talking about, it happened and this happened and I saw mm. this and it made me feel like this. And, and then, and you hopefully at this point will be educated enough to understand that, you know, this is nothing to do with some fault in your child interest in sex is a basic human instinct you know our brains are wired to light up when they see sexualized content you know adults and kids alike but the thing is with kids our brain their brains aren't ready to receive this information because their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed and the part of brain that's the part of the brain that that uses reasoning and would allow them to walk away that's not developed yet so unless you can get to them before they see this stuff they're not going to know that actually this is the stuff that they were talking about and i need to walk away and i need to tell them and they can help me process because that was really scary shocking and if you can be there to help them just process the, the conflicting emotions and just be honest with them and say, mm. you know, you're going to kind of find that kind of exciting. And what was that all about? Um, and that's totally normal. You need to reassure them. Um, but here are the reasons why it's not very good for you. And this is how we can help you get rid of those images that are in your head. So there's another organization called protectyoungminds.com. And they have created mm. a series of picture books. So you can start this conversation really young because you know as i've said likelihood is statistically they're going to be exposed much younger than any of us would ever dream of so these mm -hmm. picture books they can there's one um good pictures bad pictures and i think that's you can start that from three to six and then there's another one good pictures bad pictures junior and that's like from seven to eleven and mm -hmm. they're how you explain the concept of pornography and what to do if you see it to 
little children who have no concept of sex and you have no desire to go anywhere near that conversation at the moment. (laughs) You know, it's like, how do you do that? I mean, they've they've done it for you and they explain, you know, that... Um, those parts of the body that are normally covered by a swimsuit, if they're showing, this is what it is. And, you know, this is why they're bad pictures. And this is what you need to do. You need to turn, you need to run, you need to tell, you know, and I did it with my kids when they were like five and seven. And this was in between, Mm -hmm. you know, an episode of Spider-Man and a trip to the fire station. And it was not (laughs) a big deal. We just sat on the couch, read this picture book. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, mummy, off we go. You know, and then, you know, have you seen bad pictures? And they're talking about some scary face they've seen in a cartoon, but it just opens up that it starts the dialogue going and it is going to be an ongoing dialogue. This is not a one time conversation. And sometimes you're going to be able to have all your resources lined up and like, this is going to be the time that we talk about this. And other times you're just going to be reacting to teachable moments, you know, because just walking around, you know, the streets, we've got, you know, Victoria's Secret with, you know, huge hypersexualized images out there Mm -hmm. that's a great opportunity to start helping your children learn how to navigate and negotiate this hypersexualized culture and here's another great resource um they're called culture reframed and this is an organization that helps parents build resilience to hypersexualized media and pornography so it's like a little training program for parents because again that's another really tricky topic isn't it you know how do i begin to talk to my kids about issues of consent and you know images and objectification and exploitation mm-hmm. and all these things so um what's another one fight the new drug they are brilliant for your tweens and your teens they have a conversational blueprint so um it literally takes you step by step you know this is how you can frame these topics this is how you can explain these concepts i think they also have information there that helps you get a handle on your own emotions before mm. you start to talk to your children because let's face it if your kid says i've just found this you are going to naturally you know be emotionally freaking out inside so mm-hmm. it just reminds you that the best thing you can do for your kid at that point is just to take care of yourself and just say okay just gonna take a moment and not try and project all your own angst about the situation onto them which they might interpret as they've done something really bad because they haven't done something really bad they've just you know they've just been curious or they've been blindsided or ambushed right um So that's your internal filter. Yes, just building up an awareness of what pornography is, what it does, and what they can do to protect themselves and open channels of communication. And uh, the third thing is um, you need to present an alternative narrative to the one that's been presented by the global sex industry. If you don't Mm. tell your kids about sex, the porn industry is going to do it for you. And that's not sex. That's commodification objectification exploitation abuse it's it's mm-hmm. there's nowhere near a consensual relational experience um so you need to educate them on what healthy sexuality looks like and start young and start with the, those issues so that's the third stage mm-hmm. you you need to you need to be the ones to educate them on that and the fourth step is get it out of your marriage you cannot expect your just like anything else like you can't you can't tell your kids don't smoke and then be smoking in front of them so if they're finding porn on the computer or they're just aware because quite often kids know they know they know what's going on don't they They, they're just Mm -hmm. smart they Mm -hmm. know what's going on um you know I've got wives who 
who they found out about their husband's porn addiction because their kids staged an intervention and said, mom, this is what's going on, you know? So you really do, if you really do want to protect your kids from pornography, get it out of your marriage and get on the same page. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At BOW, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. I appreciate, Rosie, how um, you've been saying over and over again that um, we get to have these conversations with our children, that if we are taking the initial step, we really have a wonderful opportunity to open those lines of communication and to continue to talk to them about consent, about sex, about sexuality, and about uh, porn as well and addiction and that. So thank you so much for all those resources. I wanted to dig a little deeper into the the external tools and resources we can do to help protect them. I know you were saying, and I appreciate you were saying that it's not enough. We can't just have that. Um, But for those who maybe, you know, we've had those conversations about sex and porn, but we want that extra uh, accountability and that extra help to put that maybe on our child's cell phone as they bring it to school or even on their computers. Uh, is there anything, and with technology changing so often, are there any external tools that you would recommend to help uh, put another safety net upon it? You're absolutely right in that technology is changing all the time and new things are coming out. It is utterly bewildering, isn't it? I mean, I research this stuff and I'm overwhelmed. Um, right. It really is very complicated not only with the sheer variety of stuff out there but the needs of your family you know the needs of your individual kids are different so you might need something different from your five-year-old your seven-year-old your 15-year-old and your 18-year-old you know they need different Mm -hmm. things so here's the good news there is a website called protectyoungeyes.com and they have done all the hard work for you I love this Mm. website. So basically you put in the ages of your kids, what you want to do. Do you want to block content? Do you want to filter content or do you want accountability? And you put in the devices that you have and then it Mm -hmm. does its little programming and then it spits (laughs) out its recommendations and then it's fantastic. And it actually walks you through the steps. And then if there are any terms that you are unfamiliar with, you know, like what is a router, you know, (laughs) you know, what is this? How do I do that? It's then got other links. And so it's exceedingly comprehensive. I know just what a godsend. And it makes these recommendations on the, on the age groups and things. Um, another couple of things I might just want to point out is, um, the, the best thing you can do for kids with phones is get a handle on what they're downloading. Just don't let them download things without it coming through you because, (laughs) 
you know, sadly, we've got porn vaults, which are basically secret folders of pornographic material, which are disguised to look like innocent apps like a calculator or audio. Hmm. So you really do want to know what they're downloading. And also, even if you block the browsers and things, they can access the internet through all sorts of other apps like the weather app. And you only need to sort of go on Google and and put in, you know, top 10 ways to get around porn blockers. And you've then got a whole other things that you... Yeah, sorry. I hope I haven't given somebody a tip there, but um, (laughs) but um, but, you know, just for parents who are aware, this is why the other things, you know, the internal filter, you know, educating are so important. You can lock it down as much as you can, and we certainly should, and be as diligent as we possibly can. But Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how kids are so good at technology, but they are, and those who are addicted, you know, and are technically savvy, they are gonna get round it. And at which point you need some more serious, drastic measures to actually lock it down. What's another good one? I tell you what, Bark. Have you heard of Bark? No. They are really good for monitoring um, apps, as I was saying, and social media. So, and they will not only do pornography, but they'll also do bullying and things like that. So I think that's a really reassuring one for parents because it's a really problematic, dangerous world out there on social media. That's super helpful. So the external filters, internal filters, we've talked about different parental controls for the external side of things, but uh, in the kind of the art of parenting or the nuance of parenting, could you perhaps give our parents some advice on signs they should be looking out for For if their child is looking at porn or to kind of, yeah, just what are some alarm bells or telltale signs? Sure. Well, first of all, I'd say trust your instincts. You know, your kids, you know, have they Mm -hmm. changed recently? You know, mm-hmm. and, and especially the, the girl with the boys, it's it's it can be quite dramatic and they might become more violent or withdrawn. But with the girls, mm-hmm. they can really hide it. So this is why don't just think that your girls are safe because they make good decisions in the rest of their life. And they're good kids mm-hmm. and they've got lots of friends and they're A students and they're, you know, they're going to church and they're this is this is no reflection on anything to do with your kids character or abilities or intellect they are all susceptible teenagers brains they're just not fully formed yet and they've got extra amounts of dopamine and testosterone the boys anyway um and their brains aren't fully formed yet and also the brain is deciding what things it wants to reinforce and strengthen and what it's going to let Um, atrophy which neural pathways it's going to actually really focus on this is a time Mm -hmm. of restructuring the teenage years so Mm. you really do want to keep them away from pornography at all costs so signs that um that they are looking at porn so we've got the ones that you would um assume things like an increase in pop-ups you know those little things that come up on Mm -hmm. the screen you know they don't really come up unless you're accessing some dodgy stuff so, so that would be a sign, you know, are you getting an increase in those? Um, if you go into a room and they're rapidly clo- closing programs, you know, as soon as you walk in the room and they're like, click, click, click. Hello, what were you yeah, doing? And they're just yeah. staring at the desktop. It's like, were you meditating? Um, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I've heard stories of homeschool kids watching porn with their mother in the same room, you know, oh, man. you know, and it's, it's not. It's, it really mm. isn't their fault. They, they just desperately, desperately need help at this point. Um, staying mm. up late, you know, that could be a big red flag. 
or if they're accessing a, uh, a device in a sort of isolated location, like in their bedroom, don't put them in the bedroom. Just don't do it. Mm, (laughs) right just don't do it um or a basement or something um here's one you might not have thought about if they're having really long showers you know Hmm. right not nice to think about but let's be realistic um uh deleted browsing history so if you go on the computer and there's no history that's a sign but they could also be using something like a virtual private network which means that even if there is a history there on your computer it doesn't mean that you're necessarily safe so your accountability software is going to really help you out at that point but trust trust your instincts you're going to know you're going to know if something something has changed something is up are they just disinterested in everything else I know I know teenagers kind Mm. of go like that anyway but um (laughs) non-communicative but you know your kids and it might just help to have these in the back of your mind that you know, short of a public health awareness campaign, it really is down down to us to be vigilant and to educate them. And I would say that all, you know, a lot of the stories that I've heard of mummies who have had these conversations with their kids, their kids have mm-hmm. confessed in tears and they're so relieved. They're so relieved to right. finally get this out there. You know, it's like a huge yeah. burden that they've been carrying right. because they really thought something was wrong with them, especially the girls. You know, what is wrong mm. with me? I'm disgusting. How am I doing this? Mm. How can I not stop this? There is, there is, you know, the, the brain is neuroplastic. There is great hope for recovery. There are, there are many things we can do if they have gone down that road already. You know, this is not game over by any stretch of the imagination we just need to refocus and get them on the right path and give them some tools at this point I know uh, Rosie in the previous episode that we interviewed on you were talking about how porn addiction can lead more to depression and anxiety and mental health issues that way Uh, and then we're talking about how we can spot a few things maybe even in our in our girls who are uh, more subdued in their ways of of showing that they're addicted now in terms of personality like if you're noticing maybe your daughter is more withdrawn depressed Mm -hmm. or anxious is that could that be another um sign it's worth having that conversation you know and you can come at it from a complete to be honest you could just sit down and watch the brain heart world documentary from fight the new drug together as a family you know it's it's that would be a great you know we're just going to watch this as a family this is just like everything else that we're teaching you about drugs you know, alcohol, everything else. This is just another mm-hmm. thing that we're learning about. And it, I think that would be brilliant because they have, you know, they have girls on there telling their testimonies and, and it's a really, it's a really positive documentary. What would the youngest age be that you'd recommend watching that? Well, you know, your kids, um, 12, I'd say. Okay. Um, you might have somebody who's not ready at 12 or it's about the time when you're pretty sure that, you know, what junior high, they're going to be talking about it. You know, they're, they're going to be having to navigate these horrible conversations at school. Um, and Mm -hmm. you know, we need to equip them that actually a lot of the conversations and the sort of the way that they talk to one another is just not acceptable and, and help them critically think about what they're participating in or not participating in. Because kids now, you know, they did studies and kids actually find someone who doesn't recycle to be more offensive than somebody who watches porn. You know, it's, Mm. that's where, that's, we've got, that's the level of normalization, you know, kid, Hmm. you know, and people aren't, they're not outraged. They're just sort of like neutral or ambivalent. You know, they're either positive or they're ambivalent about it. They they don't really have, Mm. you know, some do. 
but it's an uphill struggle. It is going to be an uphill struggle for them. But, you know, it's just one of those things that we have to equip them to to swim swim against the current because it really isn't all you need to do to be successful in life. We we always, you know, my husband and I often say, all we need to do is just keep them away from porn and they'll have a huge advantage, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure, and 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 those telltale signs are so helpful. So l- let's say um, if you could speak to our podcast family for those who are like, oh, okay, yes, uh, my child is watching porn, or yes, I think my child does have a porn addiction. Um, what advice would you give all the parents listening in? Um, what, how can they support their child? How can they parent their child? who is struggling with this porn addiction? The first thing is you need to reassure them how much you love them. This is something that they have, it's a trap that they have fallen into, not of their own Mm -hmm. making and reassure them that you love them and this is not their fault. And you need to listen carefully. You need to really be there for them. Your role is a coach. You're there to help them put the brakes on this thing that will that is threatening to to take them down. It, you know, it will take over everything that is meaningful to them because, so, you know, if mm. left unchecked, it those pathways which rewire, which make the association with porn and pleasure become so deeply ingrained that soon nothing else can compete. Relationships, hobbies, ambitions, you know, everything else just sort of wanes. And we need to be really open about that and say, I'm going to help you make smart choices and help you move in a healthy direction mm-hmm. because you've got dreams and you've got um, things that you want to accomplish and this is going to get in the way. And we're going we're gonna to walk alongside with you. You know, this, you don't have to do this on your own. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a, a really useful organization um, or, or a program, should I say, is called Fortify and it's free for ages 13 to 17. This is from Fight the New Drug, and this is an online um, program, a support program and an accountability program. And it's great because they have, you know, fighters in of their contemporaries in their community. And that's what they need. And and I would say uh, if you can ask the school, ask your church whether they're able to do a screening of the three part documentary series that I mentioned. That's another good way that not only can you educate your friends of your child's parents, but also mm-hmm. the friends as well. Can you have a screening at right. your at your school so that at least everybody has an awareness that porn is harmful? So everybody has a chance to, mm-hmm. you know, it, they, they understand. It's like smoking. It's like we know this isn't really not good for us, but we have a cho- we have a choice at this point. But right. without the education, our kids are not even having that choice because. The message that they're hearing is that it's harmless and that actually it's cool and it's healthy, you know, and it's educational. And we need to give them another, we need to give them the, the, you know, a counter narrative, the the truth of actually what this is going to do to them. And if your child is, um, you know, you've tried Fortify, um, you've tried, uh, you know, the blocking software, and yet your child is, you know, deeply in bondage to this thing, then reach out for professional help. Ask a certified sexual addictions therapist. Um, If they don't treat, you know, adolescents, they probably will Mm -hmm. know somebody who does and get, get them into a program. There are people who can help you. This doesn't have to be your story. It really doesn't. 
Rosie, I and we so appreciate all of the even the practical tools, yeah. the websites, mm-hmm. the uh, ways that we can approach our children in these tough conversations and just to open the door to freedom and to redemption in many different respects uh, from our youngest children with a picture book to those who are just uh, deep into addiction. So thank you so much for for sharing with us and sharing from your own story and from your expertise. So if our podcast family has more questions or would like to hear more about your book, where can they find you? Um, The website is called fightforloveministries.org. And there you'll get information about the book, the podcast, uh, the support group, the devotional. It's all there. We're so grateful that Rosie joined us on these two episodes, episode 109 and 110. Once again, she is the author of Fight for Love, and we do want to encourage you to pick up that book wherever books are sold to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, These two episodes, I know when we were talking to her, she was like, how are we going to do this in two episodes? (laughs) There's so much. There's a whole book and she has an entire ministry in and around this. So just go to inbetween.org slash episode 110 for all of those links and to continue our journey of learning and fighting for love. And please take the time to send this episode to a spouse, to your friends, maybe even to your children's friends' parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this can be an uncomfortable topic, but it's time to get over our uncomfortable feelings and fight for love and fight for our kids. As Rosie mentioned in the episode already, that if we can even help our kids not get addicted to porn, they are so much further Mm -hmm. uh, in the world. And so let's do that for our kids. Let's do that for our kids' friends as well. So send them the link in between.org slash episode 110 or press the share button on your favorite podcast app. All right. Well, next week we are interviewing Dr. Chandra Dalton-Smith about what your doctor wish you knew about rest. All right. We'll catch you next time. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast, two clergy of different traditions. Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.